Hello and welcome to uh, Season 4, Episode 6 of uh, my podcast, Fleet Die Hard, an independent view from an independent supporter of all things on and off the pitch at my favourite club, as always, Epsfleet United. So, here we are, it's Thursday, it's the 3rd of November, November already, can you believe it? It just seems like five minutes ago that uh, the season was starting and... uh, here we are, here we are in November, just a few weeks away from Christmas and those Derby games against Dartford, which will be interesting. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's Thursday the 3rd of November um, and it's the day after the night before, as they say. And the night before was uh, was a huge, huge game last night against our, our closest rivals in, in the race for automatic promotion, um, and with a, with a record almost as good as ours, and I say almost because it's not as good as ours, um, haven't and Waterlooville, uh, who we played away. Now, this was what I guess you would call the traditional, in every sense of the word, a classic six-pointer, because haven't and Waterlooville were just two points behind us, um, we did we did manage to extend a, a bit of a gap on them, but then we threw points away recently um, and they, they closed the gap. Um, they've been, it's fair to say that Haven and Waterlooville have been, you know, up our backsides, as it were, um, from the start of the season and, and, you know, matching us pretty much result for result, you know. Um, so this season is, you know, coming into this match, this season is a long long, long, long away from anywhere near being um, concluded. Uh, so this was a must-win game, for really. Although it's still early in the season and there's still probably 30-odd games to go, um, it's, still a, it's, it's still a huge game because it gives us an opportunity to... <coughs> excuse me. It gives us an opportunity to to open a gap again and and to I guess mentally and mentally get one over on our closest rivals. Um, so uh, I couldn't make this match. I was absolutely gutted. I tried and tried and tried to get some time off from work, um, but due to the nature of the work that I do and the job that I do, it's it's never that easy, and the powers to be rejected my um my request for short notice uh time off um and uh yeah i was uh i was absolutely gutted even more so when i saw the result uh which was for those of you that don't know and i'm, I'm sure any you all know so, you know, let's not bang on about it too much. But it was a uh, 1-0 win with Bingham scoring. Fantastic. So uh, we got the 1-0 win, which was great. Now, listening to uh, um, Lord Chaz's commentary on BBC Sport, it wasn't, didn't appear, didn't sound to be a great game. It, there was... Uh, I think both sides. This, this was from what I picked up from from the commentary. Both sides were pretty cautious, and seemed to be uh, 
playing to avoid a defeat rather than playing to win the game. Um, you know, let's not lose, let's not concede at all costs seemed to be what I was getting out of the commentary. If those of you that were there, if you disagree with that, I'd be grateful if you'd let me know. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, I do believe there's a new thing which I just sign up to um, on Spotify. So if you're listening through through Spotify, you should have an option to answer a question on there. Um, like type in a, an answer to a question. So I just put the question, like a generic question, which will probably go on all the podcasts from um, from Spotify. It just says, do you agree or disagree? Let me know. But yeah, I would be really grateful to or, or interested to hear your views. Uh, was the game, as I just mentioned there, quite lethargic, quite, um, you know, quite cautious approach from from both teams? Or did I pick up the completely wrong story from uh, from Chaz's uh, com- commentary? So, yep, be interested to know. Let me know. Drop a comment on there. Drop a, a, a private message to me. Drop a comment on Twitter or on any of the social media that you see see this posted on. Um, or come up and have a chat with me when you see me at the ground and uh, let me know what you think of my podcast and the content and anything you'd... If there's anything that you would like to have discussed, by the way, or any points that you'd like raised that you'd think you know are quite interesting and pertinent to to the towards the fleet come up and let me know i'll be happy to uh to talk about it on here if you want to come on the podcast and actually have a discussion with it with me i'd be more than happy to do that as well so anyway yeah so let's get back to 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 last night's game so yeah we won one nil it was a late, late goal. I think it was the 87th minute, it says on my, um, my my app that I was looking at. 87th minute goal from none other than our very own Bingham, who I'm sure will be more, so happy to have got that goal, especially against having a Waterlooville, because he's just been having a bit of a poor, poor season. Um... You know, he's he's not scored that many goals this season. He seems a little bit, you know... I think all players, all strikers, all all players go through these patches, don't they, where they have these hot hot spells where they, they can't put a thing wrong. And then they go through these dry spells where, for love nor money, they can't plant the ball in the back of the net. And that was amplified a couple of games ago with a penalty um, that Bigham took. That, uh, that was saved by the keeper. I actually wouldn't have given that penalty to Bingham on on his current form. I would have given that to Pollyon on his current form because he was more more than likely to have slammed it away in the back of the net. He would have his confidence would have been high, um, whereas Bingham was probably feeling a little bit cautious. I'm not slating Bingham at all here, by the way. I think he's a good player. I just think he just needs to work his way through this this patch and get some confidence back. And I'm sure last night. Would have done that. I'm. I'm pretty sure that uh, you know, if I was in his shoes, to be able to net a goal against your biggest rivals away from home, that's going to do wonders uh, for it for his confidence. And not only does it do wonders for his confidence, what a boost this now gives the team. Let's just remind ourselves. 
still unbeaten, you know? That's 15 league games and three FA Cup games unbeaten. 18 in all competition undefeated. Guys, that is just one hell of a record, which, whichever way you look at it. And it is easy to criticise, and I'm going to be criticising later on in this podcast because there are things that had been, have been, are, should I say, slightly concerning still when I look at, when I watch us play, um, you know, we're all armchair managers, we're all armchair coaches, and we all think we could probably change things and do a better job. But the the stats speak for themselves, don't they? If you're... Um, if you're if you're around about a quarter of the way through the season, then and you're still undefeated, you haven't been beaten. It's very difficult to criticise, isn't it? Criticise the the style, criticise the performances, criticise tactics, and criticise managers' decisions. But you know what they say: as good as you are, you can always do better. So maybe maybe you know there is room for improvement. So that's it. One nil, one nil to uh, to F three against Haven. I was even more disappointed when a photograph cropped up on my uh, my Twitter account of the team celebrating with the with the crowd, which happened to be my little bunch of mates that I usually go with as well. Um, after after Bingham had scored. And lots and lots of comments by players and by Dennis Kutrieb and by um, Damien Irvine of what a fantastic atmosphere and support from our fans was there last night. So for those of you that travelled down there and gave that support to the team, whether you went on the Fleet Trust coach, whether you went or by train, made your own way down there, whether you drove down there, or went on a mule. You know what? Hats off to you guys. I was so gutted I couldn't get there. Um, and I'm really... Oh, I'm still gutted that I missed that, missed that atmosphere and that, uh, you know, that that moment of celebration. I could hear it come through the radio. In fact, Lord Chaz went crazy. Um, you know, when, when that goal went in, you could hear... You could just hear it, it. It literally reverberated through the through the radio, the uh, the the cheering and the celebration, and the, I so so wanted to be there, but I couldn't be. We move on, and I'm sure, fingers crossed, I hope that there'll be other chances uh, to celebrate, like a, a lunatic, um, going forward this season. Hopefully, hopefully before the last game of the season. Hopefully, at some point. Before the end of the season, we will have secured automatic promotion and we can all celebrate together. So, yeah, that, that, that's that. Just going to go... So it's been a couple of games since my last podcast. Um, I've attended a couple of games. I missed this one. Um, so I thought, you know, I'd, I'd do this now. I'm going to briefly just talk about the, 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 the previous couple of games and where areas of concern I've got and where, you know, where we can praise... Uh, <clears throat> areas. So, yeah, uh, having a Waterlooville, we won 1-0. Um, Pr- prior to that, um, obviously we drew one all with Wellin, Tanner scored. St Albans, 
we won 3-1. Now, let's just talk about the St Albans game. It's, uh, first half, an amazing, an amazing uh, first half performance. We totally dominated. We really didn't give them a chance. We're ahead 3-1. We come out into the second half and it was like... And I said this could only have been a management decision. This could only have been a coaching, uh, a tactical decision because we came out like a different team in the second half. We were very negative. We were very cautious. We, We weren't creative at all and... St Albans started to frustrate us. They were pressing much, much harder than we were pressing. And uh, and then we get a man sent off. Chapman uh, gets gets uh, against uh, St Albans. Chapman Chapman gets sent off. He gets into the area. There's a tackle on him. He went down as if he had been shot by a sniper. Um, uh, really, we were quite close to, to, to it. I know fans at the other end of the ground, and I saw some of the comments on social media afterwards, and fans were saying, no, that was definitely a penalty. What was the ref playing at? Blah, 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 de blah. Well, no, it really was a sending off. We were... He was awful to to do to dive like that, to be honest. Um... So we got the red card. From from that point on, whether it was a management decision prior to that or not, from that point on, obviously, we were then in protect the lead, don't concede mode, um, and it was always going to be like that for the rest for the rest of the half. But we shouldn't have been at that point, and it's one of the things that I wanted to talk about just for a little bit, just for a couple of seconds. I've noticed over the last few games that I've been to. This has crept into our game, this diving. I don't like it. It's cheating. I know everybody does it. And I understand the, you know, you you hear them talk about it on Match of the Day and professional players at high level talk about that, they, you know, they're they're told very early on in their careers that if you feel a, if you feel a touch go down well what's ever what's happened to the old school you know in the 70s and 60s and 50s it wasn't like that if you felt a touch keep going that's what it was stay on your feet make them properly fail you you know, stay on your feet, go for goal, get that goal. Now it's a completely different game. And I understand that the whole game is unrecognisable to what it was back then. And I understand now that, you know, it's it's professional. It's There's so much at stake these days. There's so much money at stake with the, with the big, you know, the bigger clubs and the big games and the higher level <laughs> that... <sighs> To get 
the small disadvantage is so important. So, you know, get you feel the touch, go down, get the free kick, get the penalty. It gives us that little advantage. It doesn't always work like that, though, does it? Because players <clears throat> take that to... They take that instruction uh, too literally and they feel they feel that you know they feel a touch and rather than rather than their brain going you know it's it's can I, can I, can I can I um can I stab my feet here can I can I lay the ball off can I can I get my shot off they feel that touch and they think I'm going to go down but something in their brain also says this is a very soft touch you need to make this look a bit dramatic you need to go down hard you know you know and they end up throwing themselves in the air and flipping like a fish and then throwing themselves on the floor and rolling about all over the place as if they're they're auditioning for um is it wwf or wwe whatever it is wrestling um i hate it i hate it so much uh it, it is a form of cheating you could argue that it's not cheating because they've been touched and <laughs> It's a, it's a genuine foul, but there you go. When you're caught out doing it, by as as <clears throat> as Chapman was, and especially, you know, if if you've had a yellow before, or especially if you're you're, oh, it's just horrible. So, guys, if the team, any of the players, ever listen to any of my podcasts, please stop the diving. Guys, we don't need it. We don't want it. I don't need it. I don't want it. Stay on your feet. Make a game of it. Be men about it. If you get a touch, if it's a genuine foul and it, you genuinely, it causes you to fall over, brilliant. If it's not, don't go looking for the, for the free kick and looking for the... I've seen players that they're on, they're on course for goal. They've only got the goalie to beat. I'm not saying necessarily any of our players, but this is. But you see it on TV. You know, they've only got the goalkeeper to beat, and they get a little nudge in the back, and they go flying to get the free kick twenty yards out. When actually, if you'd have just shrugged off the nudge in the back, kept going, one of two things would have happened. Either you're going to go end up one-on-one with the keeper and the advantage is usually with the striker in that position. So you've got a very good chance of scoring a goal with a moving ball, yeah? Or the keeper or that defender is actually going to take you out to prevent that goal or proper take you out to get that goal and to get a genuine red card and a penalty or a, you know or a, or it's going to be nearer than it was from that initial nudge that's my point i don't know i just don't see i just don't see the point of it so please please get this out of the game it's crept in it's not big and it's not clever so that's all i'll say about that uh yeah so um that was that was st albans and hemel hempstead we um, sorry, sorry. Just going back to St Albans, yeah. So it it, it ended three one. We still got the win. We made at the end of the day. We made hard work of it. We sort of closed ourselves down in the second half. Goals were from 
uh, Hollis and Pullion, who, who continues to uh, bang the goals in. He got two in that game. And then we were away to Hebel Hempstead on Saturday, last Saturday, which I, I went along to. Nice journey down to Hemel Hempstead. Nice ground. I don't know if any of you that, that were there, you'll know this, but any of you that weren't there and that ever get the chance to go, if you've never been, they've got uh, it's, they've got a it's a three G pitch or I guess they call it four G or five G there, is but it's an artificial pitch. It's a raised pitch, so from pitch side, if you're looking down, if you're looking particularly from the sides, it's you're almost at I guess knee level, shin knee level with the players. It's 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 quite it's raised quite high. Um, nice little ground though. Um, had some good beer, gotta say. Um, I was on Guinness when we got there, and the Guinness was one of the best Guinnesses I've had for a long, long time. That was that was really, really nice. Uh, the food, I didn't eat any food in the ground, so I can't comment, but it looked nice. Uh, seemed to be a nice atmosphere. Uh, fans were intermingling with each other before the game, and it was all nice and light-hearted. Uh, and for the game itself, we drew one all. And again, I don't know. It was it was one. We we were lucky to come away with a draw, in my opinion. Uh, again, we were quite negative. It was we were quite. We didn't look. We didn't. I, I said to one of my friends, if there were any uh, scouts or, or or observers from any of our any other clubs that are due to play us that were there. On Saturday, they would have looked at Epsley and thought, "How are they top? We've got nothing to worry about here." Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I was. I was a little bit disappointed with that. Same old story. Some of the old things that I've moaned about in the previous seasons and previous games were creeping back in. This, um, and I know. I know. We know why it's done now. We know that it's Dennis. It's Dennis's instruction. But when you're standing behind the goal and you see our players running towards the goal or working their way into a goal-scoring position and then that, that, that opening opens up and we're all shouting, you know, shoot, shoot, as all football fans do, um, why are they not shooting? I don't... Clear goal scoring opportunities, and you know you see that gap open. They've just got to slot it in or have a crack at it. Put you know rocket one towards that keeper, but they don't. They then they think about it. They hesitate. They put their foot on the ball. They take an extra touch. The moment's gone. They lay it off, um, and before you know it, the uh, the defenders have regrouped. And made the goal safe. I saw that a lot. Saw that a lot against um, Hemel Hemel Hempstead. It's it's frustrating for a fan, for a supporter to see that. I'm sure we've got a great. I mean, we've got a great goal record, by the way. Like, I mean, our goal difference. We're plus plus twenty six. The nearest to us, I think, is eighteen. So we're plus we're plus twenty six in goal difference. So we're scoring 
a lot of goals, much more than we're conceding, obviously, otherwise we wouldn't, wouldn't be top of the table. But I just genuinely think we could be scoring more. We could be scoring a lot more. And other players who are not our regular goal scorers could be scoring a lot more if they were given the OK, A or B, had the confidence, or C, their brain worked quick enough to tell them instinctively there's a gap, there's a space, there's a shooting opportunity, go for it. Because I think part of the problem is, we, we were discussing this on the coach on the way home as to why we don't take our chances sometimes. You know, we don't take those momentary chances that open up. But when you see, you know, <clears throat> when you see match of the day and you see teams at the Premiership, they're strikers, they, they tend to, you know, will take those chances. Well, that's the difference, isn't it? You know, their team's at a higher level. Um, and I guess the footballing brain is different. It's quicker. It's more alert. The instinct is quicker. And maybe that's one of the things that separates a Premier League or a Championship or League Two or League One, a football league player from the lower level, the non-league <laughs> the non-leagues, is it, perhaps it's not the fitness, perhaps it's not the ability, perhaps it's something that can't be trained, you know? Perhaps it's just that, the inability of the brain to make that decision quick enough. Gap, opportunity, score. That's what it should be. Whereas I think at our level, it's gap, opportunity, think about it, should I score, shit. Opportunity's gone. What do I do? Lay it off. And I think that's the difference. I think it's partly, you know, it is, it is, <clears throat> it is instructions from above, from the top. But I also believe it is inability to process the opportunity in your brain quick enough to get that shot off. I'm not saying that they're thick or anything like that. They're not. I'd be the same. That's the difference. That's what makes an elite athlete, isn't it? being finely tuned physically and mentally. And there's there's the difference. Maybe there's an opportunity there for any club to uh, to work on that mental side of things and work on developing an instinct, an instinct to shoot and score. So there you go. So St Albans, we... Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Hemel Hempstead, we, we, um, we drew one all. It was a 3G pitch. There's a final point I want to talk about with Hemel Hempstead. It was a 3G, this 3G pitch. I noticed it from standing behind the goals on quite a few occasions. The bounce on the ball was really weird. Completely different to the bounce on the ball you get when you're playing on grass, which is consistent. You sort of know how it's going to bounce, particularly on the better pitches, like our own pitch, which is, you know, almost like a, a base, isn't it? Uh, so provided there's not too many lumps and bumps in a pitch, on grass, you can pretty much, your brain can work out how it's going to bounce. But this 3G pitch, you just couldn't work it out. It 
it fooled my brain and my friends that were with me. We were sort of watching, you'd watch the ball come down, but the bounce wouldn't be as high as you would expect. Or on occasions, it would be quite a low uh, loop onto the onto the pitch, but the bounce off it would, would be high. Or it would almost, the ball almost on occasion looked like it was hitting the, gra- hitting the pitch. And then when it bounced up, it was almost as if it was spinning backwards and c- coming back. It was really strange. And that, of course, would have, it's a huge advantage to the home team because they play on that week in, week out and they they sort of have an idea of how that ball and the pitch is going to perform. So there was an advantage there, I guess, for um, for Hempstead. But did it affect the result? Mm, possibly. I don't know. But it, I, I'm not... I'm not I, I think these 3G pitches or even these hybrid pitches, which a lot of teams have now, which... A part grass, part artificial. They're obviously going to be the the future, the way forward. Um, as as seasons and time goes by, due to cost, durability, etc., etc., we'll have to get used to it. I'm not a fan of it, to be honest. But uh, football should be played on grass, shouldn't it? But there you go. So that was it. So that was that was Hemel Hempstead, and then obviously. Um, Uh, yeah, Paxman scored there, didn't he? Uh, and, and then uh, Haven and Waterlooville, which we've already spoke about last night. So where does that leave us? It puts us back on top of the table. Now, we did briefly, uh, ourselves and Haven and Waterlooville did briefly drop down this week because Dartford claimed the top spot, which would have made them feel great. However, it was a false economy, as we all know, because Dartford have played... Well, up to last night, I think they'd played three more games than us, or Chelmsford, or having a Waterlooville. Um, but it, it put it put them it put them one point, I think it was something like that, uh, clear at the top, one or two points clear at the top. But of course, with last night's result, Ipswich United reclaim their rightful place at the top of the table after fifteen games played. With 39 points, a goal difference of 26, plus 26. Dartford are in second with 37 points, but they played two games more than us. So we've got two games in hand over Dartford. So a potential, I know, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know what you're going to say. Points in the bag are better than points in hand. But they, that gives us a potential, another six-point lead, if you like. Over Dartford. Uh, third, now, here's the interesting. Third place is Chelmsford now, not having a Waterlooville. So Chelmsford and having a Waterlooville have both played 15 games, both got 33 points, but the difference is that Chelmsford have got a goal difference of plus 15 and having a Waterlooville have got a goal difference of plus 14. So there you go. So if you realistically take Dartford out of the equation, as in, um, because they haven't played the same amount of games at the moment. So if you take Dartford out of the equation, those top three teams that have all played 15 games, we are now six points clear of those. So Chelmsford having a wall over on 33, we're on 39. So we're back to a respectable gap which, you know, form continues, 
hopefully we can increase on that and uh you know start building up a nice little bank of uh of advantage points that'd be nice uh so coming up what else have we got coming up um saturday i guess you all know this one it's the fa cup game against uh halifax halifax town at home hoping for a win there on paper, I can see no reason why we can't get a win there, considering that we are the on-form team unbeaten, and they are, I think they're around about... I'm not sure, I haven't checked where they are in the league, in their own league, but they're in the bottom half, I know, I know that for certain. Uh, so, I would say they will be fearing us more than we will be fearing them. They're, they're coming to our home ground, and they are playing a team that's not been beaten once yet this season. So bring it on, Halifax. Let's get them. Uh, let's get them out of the way. <clears throat> I'm expecting a nice little crowd down there. Um, I'm working till two o'clock on Saturday, so I'm, I will be going. It'll be tight for me to to time I finish work and then to get down there. But I'm I'm not going to miss this one. So yes, uh, got that one. And then Tuesday, we are away. Tuesday evening. It's Tuesday the eighth to Hampton and Richmond. Another good game. Uh, been there a few times. And then Saturday the 12th, following Saturday, a uh, bit of a local derby, almost, Tunbridge Angels at home. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, that's where we're at right now. Um, I don't think I've got anything else to talk to you about. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. As always... Uh, please talk about it with your friends, give it the thumbs up, give it a like, give it a share. If you see it on uh, Twitter, do me a favour, give it a retweet and tag in some of your friends to listen to it. Um, I'll distribute it in the normal normal uh, way, so it's going to be on Apple, Anchor um, and uh, Spotify, as I spoke about earlier. Uh, And that's it. So onwards and upwards. Here we are, up the fleet, still undefeated, still unbeaten. We're on our way. We're on our way. Come on, you lot, up the fleet. Speak soon.